Welcome to the Sports Garden Network Podcast, your source for sports entertainment, incredible sports wagering intelligence. Welcome, sports fans. This is Wagering Week. I'm Tom Barton. That's right. We are Wagering Week, and we have a good week ahead. We have a lot of good stuff to talk about in the world of sports, that is, of course. You guys can get in touch with us. It's 855 855- the number four, G-A-R-T-E-N. Catch us on iTunes, iHeartRadio, SportsGarden.com, on our SoundCloud, any of our fine syndicated affiliates, and Facebook and Twitter, plus all of the other social media aspects. It's Sports Garden, and that's where you can find us, G-A-R-T-E-N. All right, guys, before we go into it, look, we are a show that I have specifically said Year after year that we've been on the air, we try to isolate ourselves from the outside world. And what we do is we talk about sports and sports wagering, and we keep that on the topic. So to understand what we're doing, we're not going to sit here and we're going to we're not going to talk about the protests and the riots and and where our country is. We don't do that here. But I will say this. Look, I just hope that our country heals fast and we move on. It's not for lack of empathy. It's for the design of the show. We are your escape from what's going on in the real world. All right, so let's get into the good news. And I did say that there is good news. I usually start it all off with a coronavirus update where the leagues are. We're going to somewhat do that today, but I'm concentrating on the NBA, NBA, NBA right now. The NBA, well, they're coming back. The idea of the NBA to return for the year is something we'll get into in a moment. But they are the first league to have a plan, to have dates, to start allowing things to go on. The Warriors opened their practice facility on Monday, right? So this is the first time the gym's been open in two and a half months. Five people were there for voluntary workouts. Uh, The Warriors probably aren't even going to be invited into the field. We'll get into that in a moment. Only 22 teams. So the Bulls, Pistons, and Spurs are the only teams in the country to not open their practice facilities. So when I say the NBA's coming back, I'm not just talking about a plan. They're literally coming back. And it helps that the Warriors came back earlier this week. So here's where we are as far as the news of the NBA coming back. We have a lot of good news. Adam Silver informed the Board of Governors July 31st is the target date to return for a season. They have different scenarios in place. But basically uh, what we're going to do is we're going to kind of Break it down to July 31st is our target date. The Board of Governors is expected to approve the league's plan. They are going to pick, remember, I told you, they had three or four things going on. They're going to pick, more than likely, 22 teams to play, all in Orlando, and an eight-pre-playoff game for seating purposes situation. So let's explain that. Um, 16 current playoff teams is what we have right now. So any team that was in the playoffs when the season came to a halt, you are in. They'll be joined by the Pelicans, Blazers, Suns, Kings, Spurs, and Wizards. If the number nine seed is within four games of the number eight seed, there's going to be a play-in tournament that will be triggered by a double elimination format. This is either going to be massively exciting or a total hot mess. (laughs) <laughs> I'm, and, and oh, by the way, your reward for winning is like playing the Bucks, you, you know. So, but look, they're the NBA smart. They know that the greatest postseason in sports, bar none, is the college basketball bracket sixty-four. 
Do any of the 16 seeds, 15 seeds, 14 seeds, 13 seeds, do they have a chance at winning the national championship? Absolutely not. Do people still love the format, love the wildness, the idea that it could be a hot mess, the idea that it is fascinating and exciting? Yeah, they absolutely do. And the NBA is kind of grabbing hold of that here. At the end of the day, the 8-9 seeds going on to play the best teams in each respective league. They're going on to play the Bucs. You know, they, look, say what you want. <laughs> you know, here's a prize and you're going to go lose. But to give them a chance, to give them that feel, to give the fans an idea of, wow, this is this is craziness, right? Number nine seed, if they're within four games, they play an eight seed in a play-in tournament. It's a double elimination. So it's all just to kind of spark interest. That is a pretty good thing. So 22 teams will play eight regular season games in Orlando for seeding purposes. Now they're going to play, the 22 teams will play eight regular season games in Orlando for seeding purposes. Now it gets even wilder. So we're going to have 22 teams, going to have a double elimination play on, playing with an 8-9, all the idea to get to a 1. The NBA is trying to come up with stuff. What we know through all of that mess here, right, what we know is this. All of the NBA games are going to be played or are going to begin July 31st. That is the target date. Now, again, anything can get pushed back. If there is another second outbreak because of what's going on around the world, if there is any kind of uh, you know, argument among health, health officials, we could all get pushed back. But July 31st, circle it on your calendar, NBA should be back. The NBA will be playing in Orlando. That is set pretty much in stone, guys. And I say pretty much with everything because we're in a fluid world at this point. So the NBA is going to start on July 31st. The NBA is going to be playing in Orlando. NBA is going to also be played in Orlando with no fans. They're, they're, they're going with no fans. This has been a topic of discussion here. How will that impact people? And we're a show that tries to give a little bit of a betting angle. I think it massively impacts some home teams. I, look, I just said an eight seed, or in this case, maybe even a nine seed, would be able to go play the Bucks. Look, the Bucks are a tremendous team. I'm not taking anything away from them. They're still a great team even away from home. But ladies and gentlemen, the Bucks in Milwaukee is a lot more imposing than the Bucks sitting there in Orlando, right? I, I mean, can can we understand that? They have a home record of 28 and 3. How about the 76ers? 76ers are 29 and 2 at home. 29 and 2. Yet they're a 6 seed. Why are they a 6 seed? 10 and 24 on the road. So yeah, fortunes change a little bit here when you're talking about you don't have home court advantage. In the West, a team like the Lakers 26 and 6 on the road, 23 and 8 at home. Yeah, they're going to be pretty much the same sort of team. But what about a team like the Nuggets? The Nuggets, who have the high altitude, the Nuggets, who absolutely have a home court advantage, 25 and 8 at home, 18 14 on the road. So you have some of these teams where their disparity is pretty massive. A team like the Mavericks, who are in the playoffs, have a losing road record. Uh, there are teams, uh, the Grizzlies are 14 and 18 on the road. You go down the list, the Magic, 14 and 20. They're not going to have a home court advantage being in Orlando, by the way. How about the Nets? The Nets are a seven seed at 12 and 20. I think the biggest team to really, and, and, and oh, by the way, what about the Heat? The Heat are a four seed. They're 14 and 19 away from home. 14 and 19 away from home as a four seed. They have 
a record that's under five games under 500. So I think the big teams, I would say the Heat and the Sixers are the two big teams that you really want to circle and you want to say, all right, I I think that they're going to have some kind of impact here. That's something to definitely look at. Also, let's stick with the betting angle before I go into more NBA here. Since there will not be 82 games, guys, and there's no chance of 82 games, some of your tickets are ripped up. There are no action. I shouldn't say ripped up because, look, go back to, you go back in, you cash in, you get your original money back. But this is bad news for people. A lot of people took the bucks and felt really good about the Greek freak, felt really good about Milwaukee this year, and took the over 57 wins. They have 53 right now. You don't think the Bucks were getting five more wins, guys? Of course they were. You were cashing that ticket. That ticket is now worth whatever you paid. How about the Warriors? People jumped against the Warriors. People didn't like Golden State. No, I'm not jumping on them. Everybody got hurt for the Warriors. Under 51. That was a cash ticket. People are buying things using that as cash. I already got this ticket. They have 15 wins. 15. Wins and you will not pay out that ticket. It's null and void. So you're not ripping this up. You're going to the counter. You're getting back your money. There's a lot of people that uh, you know will get helped by this. Right? If you had the over Warriors 51, you're loving. You're loving it. Yeah, yeah I got over Warriors 51. I ripped it up two months ago, left it on the floor. Well, don't ever rip your tickets up because things like this can happen. Uh, but yeah, so no NBA season win totals will be cashed out. No midseason win totals will be cashed out. It will all be no action. So I want to make sure that I push that across there. Also from the NBA, the NBA draft lottery is expected to be held in August now. One of the main topics that we're talking about here is what about the lottery? So you look at where the lottery is and, and what it is. Look, it's it's a distraction. I think that they should have had this early, to be honest with you guys, but I guess they can't do it unless the season starts to kick off. But how long? Uh, the draft was currently scheduled for June 25th. This is clearly pushed back. The draft now, so the lottery is going to be in August. The draft now they're looking at September 25th. September 20th would be Game 7 of the finals. But wait a minute. We're also hearing that Game 7 of the finals, if if this goes into order with the new situation, might be as late as October 12th. And right now, if we start on July 31st, if we have a play-in like we have, and they approve everything, and everything goes through, and we're sitting here next week, and we go, good. Game 7 of the NBA Finals on October 12th will be in Monday Night Football. They'll be going up against the Saints and the Chargers. They'll be going up against... Drew Brees in one of his last Monday Night Football games in NFL stadiums filled with people down in New Orleans cheering him on. Are you watching that? Or are you watching maybe LeBron against the Greek Freak in a Game 7 in an empty arena down in Orlando in a shortened season? I'm sorry, guys. I I think the NBA... And to go up against a Monday Night Football is just a, it's just a bad it's a bad choice bad situation. Put it on a Tuesday. Everybody will watch. Your ratings will be through the roof. Put it on a Tuesday. To go into this and not know what your ratings are going to be, and to go up against Monday Night Football intentionally, I just think it's a, a massive massive error in judgment here. Doesn't make any sense. So when we're looking at the NBA, they are at the forefront. The NBA they are doing things the right way. They are putting something together. They are giving us some sort of hope, some sort of sports. We're looking at this through the eyes of, okay, how can we make money? I think you make money by going, okay, the Heat and the Sixers will probably be overrated. I've seen nothing good of them going on the road at all. 
I think that we have to make a major, major, major understanding here, a major psychological impact in our betting brains that, look, the teams that are, have been together and have gelled together are probably going to be more prepared. They have to be. We talked to Larry Hughes a couple of weeks ago, and Larry Hughes said, you know, absolutely, I agree with you, Tom, that guys like LeBron, who's as good as he is, is playing with guys that he he doesn't have a lot of games under his belt, right? He's, never, he's got 50, 60 games tops, and they've been, all been hurt all year. So there's not a lot of games. What about Kawhi Leonard? A guy like Kawhi that's been taken off, time management, he's hurt, this one's hurt. These guys, they don't know their team as well, and now they got to get thrown back into it. Which then brings me to my next question. And the next question is, what is the validity of a championship here? And you could bring this to baseball as well, which we'll get into baseball in the next, in the next topic here. But it brings me to baseball too. We all want sports to come back. As sports fans, we need sports. As sports betting enthusiasts, we need sport. We want it desperately. But I am really asking from a sports fan aspect here, what's the validity of a championship? How valid is this? Is this an asterisk situation? If the NBA comes back, they don't complete 82 games. They have this weird playoff format that is a play-in and kind of everyone gets a chance sort of situation. And... They're playing in Orlando, so there's no travel. There's no home court advantage. They're playing in front of no fans, so there's no momentum. There's no energy. There, there's no emotion. How legit is a championship here? How legit can we sit back and say, yeah, that, that's, that's fine. That's okay. I'm not sure. But I really do believe it gives a lot of fodder and a lot of energy to the people that want to say that it's not real. And I'm not sure. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not sure that the NBA would be pushing for a season in that this format and starting July 31st if there wasn't an opportunity that they knew LeBron has a chance at a title. I'm being honest. I think that a lot of what is going on is that, look, our biggest star in the game has a chance to to add to his legacy. We see more people watching the Michael Jordan documentary than any other sporting event, uh, and it wasn't even a sporting event, it was just a documentary because he was that guy. We're going to be able to do this with LeBron and to put a ring on his finger coming to L.A., well, the controversy's okay. The NBA wants people talking about these things. If LeBron wins a championship this season, the LeBron fans are going to go, oh, yeah, look, he did it with another team. Third team, third championship comes here at this age, wins, put the ring on his finger. They're going to be loving him. But you have the anti-LeBron people. They're going to go, are you kidding me? There's a half a season. This is a joke. It is in Orlando. It's got no fans. He didn't even have to travel. It gives them fire, fuel to that fire, to go anti-LeBron and to ding his legacy. But you know what it does? It gives a conversation piece. It gives everybody something to argue about, which means the NBA is now propelled on a higher level, which means their highest star and their highest rated star and their money maker gets put on another level. What about some other guys? I mean, if the Greek freak goes out there and wins, right, and Giannis is sitting there with a championship, Giannis is the new face of the NBA. Giannis is the best player in the NBA. Sorry, he is. 
and Giannis goes out there and wins another championship, I don't know if I could say that Giannis right now is, is not that guy. I can't say that he wouldn't have done this in a full season, but there will be people that will. Same thing with Kawhi. Same thing with anybody that's chasing a title. What if an underdog wins? Usually in the NBA, listen, if an underdog comes from nowhere and they turn around and, oh my goodness, where did they come from? Right? This is an amazing story. What a beautiful thing. Oh, he's like a five seed. They went on to win it all. This is crazy. This year, that's going to be, you know, it's going to be uh, not so much. Where's the Sixers? The 76ers who can't win on the road. The 76ers that have all this town. The 76ers who, they can't play with each other, right? Ben Simmons can't play with Embiid and it's terrible and it's awful and the process isn't working and all of that. What if the Sixers, as a six seed, finally grab reign of their talent? They go through Giannis. They go through LeBron. They win the championship. Are they going to get the recognition that they should? Or is it going to be, yeah, six is a good story, but let's be honest, it's a shortened season. So from a sports fan, this is what we have to ask ourselves. From a betting perspective, we've got to understand that, yes, there is a massive impact to your betting mindset when there is no travel and there is no crowd. There has to be an adjustment period there. And I'm warning you guys now. Because I'm telling you, if you're listening to my voice, hopefully you'll heed my advice. But even half of you guys aren't going to heed my advice. Okay, I'm going to say 75% of all bettors, I'm throwing out a number against the wall here, 75% of all bettors are not going to seriously understand the impact that being away from your players is with the coaching staff. Being in an empty gym, having no travel, being in Orlando, it's all an impact. And we have to make sure when these odds come out that we talk about it and we see what that impact's going to be. All right, let's take a quick timeout. Come on back. We got lots more. Go to Major League Baseball. And I have more guys on the NBA that I want to talk about. Who's coming back and rehabbing that might make a difference. Back with more Wagering Week right after this. And now back to Wagering Week with Tom Barton. I bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. No way. I'll give you three to one odds. You're on. What are the odds? What are the odds? All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have NBA. We have a date. We have a place. We have things set for the NBA. But what are the odds? We're looking at Major League Baseball and Bet Online AG has put up odds. Will there be a Major League Baseball season? Will there be a Major League Baseball season? What do you think the odds are going to be there? Now, you have to remember, people are going to be very hopeful. You're going to want to lean to what you want to root for, right? The odds are yes, minus 500, no, plus 300. That's funny. Over the last couple of days, I've gotten a text message uh, at least twice a day from different people asking me, do you think there's going to be baseball? Do you think there's going to be baseball? And the fact that the idea that yes is still minus 500 says, I think people are just not paying attention to the, the reality that is. I'm not telling you there's not going to be baseball. But I am very, very skeptical. Very skeptical. So where we sit with Major League Baseball, look, I have told you all along, baseball's coming back. Baseball's coming back. It's coming back no matter what. Here we go. I have told you all along, I fully, fully believe Major League Baseball is coming back. And I started to dwindle away little by little over the course of the weeks. 
and where I sit now, I'm just not so sure. I'm not so sure. And now the question becomes, do you even want it back? (laughs) I mean, that's terrible to say, but do you even want it back? So where we sit is uh, the Major League Baseball and and Rob Manfrey proposed something to the Major League Baseball Players Union. And we know, all right, you're going to take a pay cut. You're going to go down 33%. And then we're going to do half revenue. So basically, you're going to pay for 33%. Then they gave, and we talked about this last week, they gave the ridiculous price structure. If you make $36 million a year, uh, you will now make nine. And, 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 and it, was, it was crazy. And the players were never going to agree on it. But in a negotiation, I, I guess, I mean, I guess I'm not that great at negotiating. I say exactly what I want right away. Um, this is kind of what I want, and, and I really hope that there's no not a problem. I don't know how to, like, shoot high and aim low. But anyway, where we sit. In a negotiation, you usually, you know, you ask for a ridiculous thing and then hope to meet in the middle, which is actually what you really wanted. That That's where negotiating is. So they went crazy, did the owners. Uh, and it really angered Major League Baseball Players Association, and it should have. And, and a lot of players took to... Twitter and their social media platforms to voice their displeasure. Uh, Blake Snell was very loud on the subject. Uh, He got a lot of attention. Brett Anderson was very loud on the subject. And it was clear they were never going to do it. Now the players returned their proposal. And their proposal says, we want to play 114 games. Potential deferrals and ability for players to opt out of a season, which is huge. The league, uh, you know, the 114 games would run from June 30th to October 31st. This is another thing that is, look, there's no way that this was ever going to go through. (laughs) It's never going to go through. No way, right? So the owners said 82 games, and the players said, no, we want our money. Because they've already agreed, understand where this is coming from, they've already agreed to a prorated contract. They've already agreed to, we will only get paid for the games that we play. So the owners said, cool, let's slice the season in half. There was talk of 100. Well, the players, Major League Baseball players, especially, went to 114. I think they really wanted 100. And I think that Major League Baseball said 82 because they really wanted 100, going back to the negotiation situation, right? Um, but here, here's the part where you have to read the fine print. And we see it all the time in politics. Somebody added a bill. Hug your children, Bill. Everyone wants to hug your kids. Save the kids. And then on like the last page of the bill, is like, oh, by the way, Here's my, I get $25 million a year from my pack, you know, whatever that is. It's always the fine print, okay? Well, here's the fine print. 114 games uh, would allow salaries to be deferred up to two years. Um, okay, you know, I guess, okay, well, what if there's a, a postseason? If there's a shutdown, they get their salary because of COVID. All right, all right, I guess maybe. And you're looking at it if you're Major League Baseball, you go, I guess maybe we could agree to some of this. Can we do it? The plan would also expand the playoffs both in 20 and 21. All right, so you can have bigger playoffs. Okay, give them what they want. They want to expand the playoffs. They want more owners involved. They want more games involved. Okay, look, here, we're giving you something. And then they drop this in there. And I've been an advocate for the players for a little while, though. But here we go. Proposal calls for any player to be able to opt out of playing but only considered high-risk players would get paid and credited with service time. What? You have to know that this was going to be universally rejected. There's no way they were accepting this. There's absolutely no way. So where they sit now, all we heard from the experts over and over is that basically this had to begin June 1st. Well, 
That day has come and gone. And they said June 1st because you would have to have ideally a three-week, two, four-week, but they were dealing with a three-week situation where spring training would get, get going. And if you get into late June, all right, spring training gets going, you want the full four weeks, you start July 1st, and then you take it to the end of the season. Well, we're already into June, and it doesn't look like they're overly that close. Plus, remember, when Major League Baseball Players Association, Tony Clark, and Rob Manfred, they sit down, and they agree to something, it's not like... Like the next morning, there's going to be batting practice, okay? So there's got to be a couple of days lag in the middle of that anyway. So we're already into June. We're not deep into June, but we're already into June. By the time they already start, you're going to, even if they signed it today, you're still going to lose almost a week of June. Now you're looking at, do you go three weeks and press them? I'm not sure. This is where Major League Baseball sits. They're in a tough spot. So now we start to hear about what about a 50-game season? Where the hell did this come from? But this is what is now being discussed. What about a 50-game season? Jeff Passan is saying that Major League Baseball says the 50-game season is a last resort. And that's only if there is absolutely no agreement with the Major League Baseball Players Association. 50 games? It's a bad proposal for both. And nobody wants to do this. Rob Manfrey believes he has the power to kind of force things out. The best hope is that the, the league and the players will settle around 80 games now. That's that's all falling right into kind of the script for what the owners proposed and what the owners wanted. You're starting to see the, the lights kind of go out on the baseball season. And the minute that 50 games was proposed, again, I get asked a lot of questions here, guys. I started getting asked these questions that said, Tom, is it worth it? Is it worth a 50-game season? Now, I'm a baseball fan. I want to see baseball no matter what. Okay, I'm not a guy that's watching the KBO, but I, I have watched the KBO a little bit here and there. Um, I want to see baseball. If it's got to be 50 games, it's got to be 50 games. But all of the questions that I just referred to bubble back to the surface that it's clearly, at 50 games, it is clearly a tainted championship. Clearly a tainted championship. Clearly tainted numbers. Clearly tainted season. 50 games. I mean, you know, are you going to award a home run king for 50 games? A guy hit, uh, you know, 20 home runs. 50 games. A guy hit guy hit 18 home runs. He's the home run king. Yeah, I mean, it just hurts baseball to go this route. 82 games, at least it's a half a season. You know, you go that way. I'm not siding with the owners, but at least you want that. So I'm more skeptical than I've ever been that Major League Baseball will have a season. Where we sit right now, I'm not sure. And then things like this happen. And I always tell you guys, I look through the lens. And I look through the lens hoping to see what what is someone saying here, but they're actually doing here. In one hand, I have this. In the other hand, I have this. Are they doing a sleight of hand trick? Are, are, let, let me read the tea leaves. All the expressions you want to use. But when I find something, I try to take a peek and say, what does that mean overall? And we had one of those situations come up. Remember, Major League Baseball, minus 500, yes, plus 300, no. The very initial decision by Major League Baseball was universally rejected. Players came out, pounding on their desk, no, 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 that's ridiculous. 
ridiculous. It was one of the dumbest things. I can't stand this. Right? Okay, that's what we had. Now, Major League Baseball Players Association gives it to the owners, and they go, are you kidding me? We can opt out. What are you talking about? I don't like it. 114 games. They're not close. Let me reiterate. They are not close. Now we're getting 50-game conversation thrown into the mix. Nobody even knows where this came from. So I start reading the tea leaves. And here's what happened to Pittsburgh starting pitcher Chris Archer just yesterday. Chris Archer decided to go undergo surgery to relieve symptoms of thoracic outlet syndrome. He wants to relieve those symptoms. So he underwent surgery. So that means if there's a season in 2020, Archer's not going to pitch. Maybe he'll be ready for spring. But this is pretty. This is a pretty big surgery, guys. He's coming off a bad year. He had over a five ERA. Okay, he still has. He's thirty-one years old. He still has eleven million dollar club option for the twenty twenty-one season. So why would somebody do this at this time? He could have gotten the surgery months ago. I think Chris Archer knows that there's not going to be a season. And that's what I believe. Or at least he feels, you know what, if it's a 50-game season, why am I going to go out there? I'm going to go get the surgery. I think Chris Archer is somebody that's going to lead the way. I think you're going to see a lot of this right now. I think you're going to start to see a lot of players turning around and getting, I don't want to use the word elective surgery, but yeah, kind of uh, the surgeries maybe they've been putting off. When you hear the opt-out clause, guys, it's pretty massive. It's pretty massive. I mean, some players are just not going to play. Yeah, Aaron Judge, we keep getting the reports that Aaron Judge is, is still not really swinging a bat, and he's, he's still not 100%. If you're the New York Yankees and Aaron Judge is the face, the face of your organization, would you rush him back? Would you let? Would you want him to even play in a 50-game season that even if you win the championship is going to be tainted and questioned? These are, are things that are real, guys. We have to talk about this sort of situation. We have to. All right. I'm going to switch topics here, and I want to talk just a little bit about uh, some of the sports betting things that have gone on. DK Sportsbook, DraftKings Sportsbook announced they have a watching app now. This is just mind-blowing how good this is. This is massive for the industry. It's It's a British model. That's basically coming here. And I'll give you the quote. Geolocated customers will be able to live stream sports. It's going to start with KBO, Bungley Soccer, right? <laughs> Division One across all jurisdictions except for Iowa. It, that's DraftKings. They're trying to corner the market. What, what DraftKings is trying to do here, and it's very good for the sports better, what DraftKings is trying to do is they are trying to give you a situation where you only need one app. You can bet on their app. You'll get news on their app, and you'll watch games on their app. And while you're watching the game on their app, I'm going to go out there and tell you that this is going to happen very soon. You can have a button on the game. So as you're watching the game, you can have a button. Bet live now. Bet live right here. You're going to have that button to press and say, bet live. That's reality. So that's pretty big for the industry as a whole. Also, Washington, D.C., sports betting is now live. The website is up. The app is up. Uh, Game Bet got the no big contract. And no one's surprised that uh, that's going on right there. Some bad news. And I know, guys, we laugh about it. It's not really sports betting news. But, yeah, it kind of is. Kind of is. Um, 
you know, you look at gaming today, and they put out an article that Las Vegas buffets may close. <laughs> Listen, it's it, it's a small thing, but I love the Las Vegas buffets, man. So that's a little something. You know, we just got a uh, a question in. And this is this is why I tell you guys, make sure you get in Facebook, Twitter, all the social media. It's Sports Garden, G-A-R-T-E-N. And the question, the, the question is, will DraftKings be biased? You know, yeah, I guess in a way they will. But I wouldn't use it like that. I, I guess if they're broadcasting the games themselves, but they're not going to be broadcasting. They're just going to take a live feed from somewhere else. Um, will they be biased you know i think that anybody that has the ability to change lines on a dime like they'll be able to change lines that quickly i think anybody that can change lines that quickly is going to have some sort of ability they're going to be a little bit um you know are they you know are they providing news you know are they going to be providing opinions on it i don't see that now but eventually i do there's somebody in this space that is going to do that. There's somebody in this space that is going to let us watch games, bet on games, bet on the app, uh, have opinions, have editorials. Someone's going to do it. Look, this is a situation where the reality is is that ESPN tried to do this. They ESPN tried to capitalize on the market and corner the market years ago, right? Years ago. And when you go to DraftKings, understand this. When you go to DraftKings and you go to a sports betting app on DraftKings, they still want you to bet and put money in their pocket. We're somebody that we're not connected, right, with that. We don't have any way. I, if I give you bad advice, it's because I'm making a bet on bad advice. If I give you good advice, because I'm trying to win us money. It's us against the sports books. Not working for a sports book. So you can get some news and resources from somebody like DraftKings. And it's big for the industry because I want to watch I want to watch a game on my phone and stuff, sure. But also be aware where that news is coming from and who benefits from that news. It's something very, very vital that you have to be very careful of who's benefiting from that. We don't benefit from that. We benefit when we all make money, when we all win. They benefit when you bet and lose. So I'm just throwing that out there. One last thing, which Las Vegas sports books will reopen? This is coming this week. Uh, the books at Bellagio, New York, New York, MGM Grand, MGM Resorts, all of them will open in just a day or two. Circa Sports, downtown at the D, Las Vegas, and Golden Gate all opening as well. Win Las Vegas, William Hill, uh, with all Nevada Kiesa locations, will reopen with all 25 full-service locations, including 15 in the Las Vegas area. William Hill is opening up huge. South Point, all stations, casino, sportsbooks. Sportsbook at Westgate, they're holding off. The biggest sportsbook in the country is the sportsbook over at Westgate. Jay Cornegaffron runs it. He will hold off reopening retail until mid-June because the hotel... It's not opening until mid-June. Now, he probably could reopen. They have that back entrance there, but they're going along with the hotel. So they are, are a little bit behind for some reason, and I don't have an explanation for this, but for some reason, Las Vegas is not 
anywhere near the mobile need and the mobile desire that the rest of the country seems to be having. So it is nice to have the walk-in option here, and they're all opening up this week. Sports betting is going to be back. Look, if you've been betting KBO and, you know, Bulgarian cricket and all kinds of random things, ping pong, if you've been betting that, hey, more power to you, okay? But we're going to start getting real sports back, and the sports books are back and getting ready to go. All right, guys, I have a lot more to talk about, but first, I want to take a bet to the future. We're sending you back to the future. Bet to the future. All right, guys, bet to the future. We're looking at something down the line. And what could possibly be down the line? Well, let's go to a little MMA, shall we? Opening odds for a potential fight. We can keep doing the potential fights. We did it with Tyson. We did it with McGregor. But now this one looks like it's in the works. It looks like it's really going to be getting there. Silva against McGregor. And it looks like it's going to be a pretty good fight. Silva minus 125. McGregor minus 105. We don't know when this is going to take place, but this looks like it actually has some legs here, guys. This looks like it is a viable fight. And it looks like when you look at the quick odds, 125 to 105 looks like a pretty good situation as well. So you look at uh, the the idea of McGregor back in the ring. He often gets more money. He's got to get more attention. The real MMA fans probably going to go towards Silva. The guys that just want to throw a couple of bucks on McGregor, guys that that are you know going in there and kind of rooting for him, they're going to go with with him. I'm not giving you my opinion on this. I know it sounds like I'm leaning silver. I'm not giving you my opinion one way or the other. I'm telling you what the odds are telling me. The odds are telling me that McGregor is going to be very heavily bet, and he's still an underdog, which means to me that the real odds in this situation probably should be silver minus about 135 and McGregor plus 105 plus 110. That's the real odds. But the casinos know, well, you know what? McGregor's going to get a lot of action. So we're not giving them the numbers that they want. He's going to get action. He's going to go and open up at minus 105 on the opening number. If this fight does take place, do not expect McGregor to sit at 105. He'll probably be minus at one point. I would say that he gets up to minus 110 or minus 115 in most spots just because the action comes in on McGregor. And that's something real that we have to know as a sports betting community. Uh, And I've talked about it many times on the show. There are certain players, certain teams, certain fighters that just will garner more money. Nothing. And I can't repeat this enough, and I, I'm repeating it for you novices out there uh, because it, I have to beat this into your brain. There's no line that has ever been posted because Las Vegas thinks that team will win. It is all a matter of getting equal money on both sides of the game. And that's it. That's it. That's the end goal. Don't think, well, Vegas says they should win by seven. Vegas Vegas doesn't think that because that's stupid. Vegas doesn't have a brain. They're not, they're not thinking. They're just going, huh, how can we get both sides to get enough money? That's what Vegas is thinking. All right, guys, let's go back to the NBA. I told you I was going to go back. I want to touch on a couple of players here, okay? We're talking about the 22 teams. We're talking about July 31st. We're also talking about 
uh, being in Orlando, but there are some major players that are rehabbing, injured. Will they be back and what kind of shape they're looking in? Well, Ben Simmons is at the top of the list. I've mentioned the 76ers quite a few times. I don't think anybody knows what to do with the Sixers. The Sixers who do not lose at home won't be playing at home, but they have more talent than anybody realizes. Ben Simmons is rehabbing from his back injury. All reports out of Philadelphia is he looks great. As a matter of fact, I, I shouldn't even say he looks great. He's been outstanding. That's what his coach has said. Um, it could be a little bit of a silver lining that this pandemic for the Sixers has been able to get somebody as important as Ben back on this team. Keep that in mind, guys. That is a big player. That is a big player on a big-time team. And I continue to mention the Sixers because, look, the Sixers are a weird team. They are a dysfunctional <laughs> group. They don't make any sense to me. Uh, they are a team that I, I don't know. I don't even know how to approach this team. But I do know they have massive talent. And I do know that they're going to be sitting there as a sixth seed playing the Miami Heat, who also can't win on the road. One of these two teams that you look at and you go, yeah, I got some decent investment in. One of these two teams is going to be moving on to the second round with a lot of talent, a lot of momentum behind them. Both interesting if you're looking at futures bets. Just throwing that out there. How about Kevin Durant? Yeah, Kevin Durant's on everyone's mind. What if Durant comes back? What if he comes back? You hear the whispers. And I'm whispering because I hear the whispers. What if Durant comes back? What happens if the Nets get an eight seed and Durant comes back? Well, they'll be thoroughly beaten by Milwaukee and move over. But they're not an eight seed. And that's the thing. Brooklyn, look, they're not that good of a team. They're, let's just be honest. They're a bad team. But they're a seven seed right now. Because the Magic and the East were so bad this year. Right now, the Nets are set to take on the Raptors. You know, the Raptors without Kawhi Leonard impressed me a lot this year. The Raptors without Kawhi Leonard uh, were a really interesting team coming into the season. And they, they have been very, very, very good. 23-9, both on the road, 23-9 at home. But they're still a team without, I, I want to say, that team leader. Kevin Durant coming back, everybody's eyes are opening up. I continue to say Kevin Durant is not coming back, guys. He's not. Ruptured Achilles tendon. It was supposed to keep him out for the entire year. I don't think much has changed. I think Kevin Durant is not coming back. Now, I get it. Three months extra. Oh, yeah. Okay. They're in the seventh seed. I I get it. Adrian Wojnarowski, who we've had on the show, um, he says, you know what? KD's not going to play. I don't think that he does. I, I just don't think that he comes back. I think in a medical standpoint, if you rush Kevin Durant for a shortened season that, oh, by the way, we already talked about, will be tainted, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Now, you know, could he return? Could he be a guy that you go, oh, wow, you know what? He sat out the first round of the playoffs. Uh, but he wound up coming back in, in mid-August. Maybe, maybe. I mean, you know, look, I look at the East and I look at the East like this. It's the Bucks and everyone else. I think the Celtics are dangerous. 
But I don't look at the Raptors as a dangerous team for a championship, okay? I think the Nets, with Kevin Durant, even at, let's say, 80%, I think they could certainly beat the Sixers. And, and you just heard, I'm, I'm kind of high on the Sixers, but they could certainly beat the Sixers. I think they're better than the Pacers in that spot. I think they could certainly beat the Heat. I think they got a fighting chance against the Raptors. It would be the Celtics in the box. So if if they get past round one, could we see Kevin Durant? I think so. But can they get past the Toronto in round one without him? I don't think so. So I'm still saying he doesn't come back, guys. I still don't think he, he's a guy that, that returns. But it's worth noting that he could. It's three extra months. Carl Anthony Towns. All right, look. Carl Anthony Towns left in, in, a wrist injury. Then it became a fracture. Then we never knew if he was playing or not. Then he was shut down right before Christmas for a week. Then he came back and he played a month and it was it was okay. Then he was shut down in February. He played 35 games. 35 games. Now all of a sudden he's got some time off. Right? He's got some time off. Um, do you look at what is going on with him? Yeah. He could be back, but I just don't, again, I don't believe that the team wants to force... Carl Anthony Towns to come back, a guy that is a franchise player, to come back in this spot. So I don't think he swings the pendulum all that much either. What about Jonathan Isaac? Uh, Isaac left knee injury, then it was a burn bruise. It, it turned around. It, look, he's on anti-gravity treadmills. If his knee is 110%, they said he's coming back. I don't know if anyone's 110%. Look, he's not a, a massive player. Another guy with all these rehabs, I think you're, what you're going to hear, and this is what you've, you've seemingly heard from me here, all of these rehabs are going well, but all the teams are eh, maybe holding this guy back. Now, Ben Simmons is going to play. Ben Simmons looks like the one guy. So let's continue to go down the list. What about Mac Malcolm Brogdon, right? He had a quad injury. He... Says he's 100% healthy. Another guy. I think he'll be back. And I think that, you know, the Pacers, they need him. I don't think that Brogdon is somebody that uh, makes or breaks a team. But if you're the Pacers, he might make or break, break your team. Uh, so he's not the biggest name, but I think the Pacers need him to do something if they're going to do something this year. He's another guy. 110%. I think he comes back. I, I, I don't think there's any... Ailing injuries there or worry. What about Blake Griffin? Another big name. Arthroscopic surgery on his left knee back in January. Uh, the Pistons aren't aren't going to be getting anywhere. So, you know, you don't have to worry about Blake Griffin. They're, they're not going to be. It doesn't matter. Clint Capella. Um, I think he's going to. I think he's going to come back. I think he's a guy that, that could come back. And, you know, if, if they need him to come back, he, he'll be out there. So. When I'm looking at the NBA season, really to me, Brogdon on the Pacers makes a lot of sense. But it's but but the Ben Simmons thing, we were circling back to the Sixers. And this show wasn't supposed to be about the Sixers, but this is how your thought process goes. It continues to kind of come back to things, right? Your your sports books start I'm sorry, your uh, sports brain starts to come back to things. And you start to think about it as you're breaking games down. You start to think in your mind. And what continues to bubble to the surface is just how talented the 76ers are. And now they're getting him back at healthy Ben Simmons. So it's something to keep in the back of your mind. If I was to make a futures bet before this weird playoff series, and we'll talk about that more when the odds come out and whatnot, I want to see where the odds are with the Sixers. 
I think the Sixers can offer some great value. I think the Sixers are a team that might jump up there and really make a lot of sense on a value standpoint. That's a team to watch. That's a team to make, you know, take a shot at. But here's the problem. The problem is everybody knows it. So what kind of odds are the Sixers going to have? You know, what are the odds that the Sixers are going to come back and give us any, I mean, literally any sort of value? I don't see them having value, but I'll be taking a look at the Sixers. I think the Celtics have a lot of value, depending on um, what they are. Bucks are going to be the favorites. Sex- Celtics will probably be the second best favorite. I'm okay with that. You have a, a head coach like Stevens in a short series, and the East is so weak. I think the East is really three teams, and I am discounting your Raptors. I'm sorry, but I am. I think the East is the Bucks, Celtics, and Sixers. And the Sixers are just kind of, you know, a long shot favorite, a long shot choice, a favorite of mine to take a chance at. Because when I take a shot at a long shot, I love a long shot that has just overwhelming talent. And that's what they have, talent. It's And it is overwhelming how good they can be. But they have been dysfunctional and they cannot win on the road. So in reality, and I don't want to discount the Sixers here because I've hyped them up a little bit, but in reality, this is Bucks Celtics. The Bucks are the best team in the league. And the Bucks, Bucks are the best team in the NBA for two years running. Yeah, I know Kawhi got lucky and hit that shot and all that stuff. Okay, look, Kawhi was the best player in the league for a stretch last year during the playoffs when they needed him most. And the Toronto Raptors were the best team for a stretch when they got red hot. Toronto last year, yes, they were. But for the last two years, who has been the best player in the NBA? It has been Giannis. For the last two years, what's been the best team in the NBA? It has been the Bucks. And the Celtics, I think, have the best coach in the league, or one of the best coaches in the league. And they are a young, developing team that you just saw massive, massive talent. From Tatum and Brown, and the talent level is getting there. They're a little young. But the talent level on the Boston Celtics may be more than Milwaukee. Yeah, you got Giannis. You got Giannis. But outside of Giannis, you know, I think the talent level for the Celtics is much better. So I see a two-team race in the East. In the West, it's a little bit more complicated in the West. Yeah, I mean, I'm not talking about the Grizzlies or the Mavericks. Ooh, oh, by the way, the Mavericks, to me, I told you guys before the year, I thought the Mavericks were going to shock people and open up everyone's eyes. I, I told you guys that, and I think that's exactly what they're doing. Um, the Mavericks are not a viable threat to win the championship, though. Doncic may be the best player in the league next year or in two years. Uh, I don't think this year is his year, though. The, the Rockets changed their whole philosophy. I call it, to call it uh, what Whitey Herzog did with the Cardinals, right? The run and gun. They're just running and going crazy, and, and people don't know how to stop them. But once you get film on that, you know, you're taking teams by surprise. You get three months off. You lock a coach in his house because of the coronavirus with three months off to watch tape. He's probably watching. These coaches are probably watching tape 18, 20 hours a day. Okay? <laughs> they probably are. Uh, you're going to figure the Rockets out. I don't think that they are a viable threat. The Thunder is not a viable threat. I'm sorry. They don't have the players. They're just not. Not a viable threat. The Jazz. The Jazz may be a viable threat if they had home court advantage, which they do not. They don't. 
And I know they weren't dominant at home this year, but historically they have been. I like their defense. Their offense was coming around. I don't think they're a viable threat. I liked the Nuggets before the year began. I think the Joker had a chance to win the MVP. I put money on the Joker to win the MVP. I put money on the Joker and LeBron to win the MVP before the year began. And he was getting pretty decent odds. And I thought Denver, who, oh, by the way, is sitting at 43 wins. They were well on their way to another 50-win season. I thought Denver was massively underrated. And I think Denver will be underrated here. But the Denver Nuggets, ladies and gentlemen, 25-8 and eight at home, only 18-14 on the road. They get a big boost from playing in Denver. Make no mistake about it. So I hate to be on the bandwagon like everybody else because I haven't been all year. And I think if the playoffs were going in a regular style, I do believe that I would be choosing somebody other than the L.A. teams. I think I'd probably be on Denver or maybe Utah. I think I would be. And I'd be taking a shot at one of those teams. But that's not the case here. The Lakers and the Clippers are the two best teams in the West. The problem with the Lakers and the Clippers is very simply what I told you. I don't think they're gelling as a team. So in the West, it's hard for me to pick somebody. Who am I? I will not lay money on the Lakers. I think that the league wants me to lay money on the Lakers. I, I think LeBron uh, is going to have a good playoff series, but I'm not laying my money on the Lakers. And I'm not laying my money on the Clippers, although Kawhi will be back and Kawhi will be healthy, and Kawhi will be motivated. I get all that. I just don't think that they're going to be gelling, and they're going to be the team unit that they need to be. I could see either the Lakers or the Clippers winning with ease. I'm not going to talk you away from that, but I don't think that there's going to be any value there. So I circle back to who would I take in the West? Who would I take in the West that potentially could be that team? Who am I going to take in, that, in the West that could potentially turn around and make me a little bit of money? And I guess I'll circle back to the Nuggets, but I don't feel good about it. So if I'm sitting back before the odds come out, remember, we're going to adjust this when the odds do come out. If I'm sitting back before time, I don't feel good about the West. I just don't. I really don't. I think Bucks and the Celtics, you hedge your bet. You take the Bucks and the Celtics. If you want to throw the Sixers in there and have three teams before time, maybe. I don't see a lot of value on the Bucks, So I'm going to be seeing what kind of value we could get on the Sixers and what kind of value we could get on the Celtics. But before the year began, guys, before the year began on these airwaves, I sat down and I told you, I think it's Giannis's year. I think the Bucs are destined to win. I think the Bucs are dominant. They're the best team last year. I still believe that. They should have won a championship last year. And I think they win the championship this year. Three months laid off. Three months gone. Playing in an empty stadium. An empty arena. In Orlando. In a weird 22-team play-in format. All of it. I don't think any of that changes the fact that the Bucks are the most cohesive unit in the NBA. I don't think any of that changes the fact that Giannis is the best player in the NBA. And I don't think anything changes the fact that they're still the best bet right now in the NBA. I believe that the odds are going to come out and the odds are going to be almost too hard to take the Bucks. So you're asking me from a prediction standpoint? I think the Bucs are still going to be the champions when all is said and done. There won't be 82 games. There won't be fans. It's not going to be the hoopla, but I think the Bucs are the best team. Will I put money on them? Probably not because 
the odds are probably going to be just too, too big for me to do it. So it circles back to what we've been talking about for an hour. I'm hoping we get some good odds on the Sixers. I'm hoping that their talent can surprise some people. But I think from a betting standpoint, the option to wager on them will be there. I just don't believe that the universal belief is going to be that the Sixers can gel. I don't know if they will, but I might want to take a shot on them. All right, guys, I'm Tom Barton for Wagering Week. We'll be back, and you can bet on that. This has been a presentation of the Sports Garden Network. To be a part of the show, call 1-855-4-GARDEN. That's 1-855-442-7836. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter at Sports Garden, G-A-R-T-E-N. Get all your credible sports intelligence 24 hours a day by visiting us at sportsgarden.com.